First Peter chapter number two. First Peter chapter number two. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere, the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. That's, again, that's one sentence there. Laying aside some things and and uh, growing by the word of God, we kind of dealt with that as we've looked at this here uh, in the past. To whom coming as into a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable acceptable to God by. Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and that he and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto they were appointed. Let's go ahead and read that next verse there, or the next sentence. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who, has, who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the day. Thank you for the word of God and the songs. And Lord, uh, that last song there just really spoke to me, Lord. And uh, again, just uh, help me to consider the times that I do fail you and the times that I have failed you. And Lord, I pray and ask that you would help us, Lord, to be very conscious about our walk and about our talk and about our lives before others, Lord, that they will not throw our shortcomings in our faces, Lord, when we try to reach them with the gospel and, 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 and maybe fail. I pray and ask that you would just guide and direct our church. Help us, Lord, we pray this upcoming fifth Sunday. And, Lord, just work it out to where we can fellowship one with another there. God, direct the preachers and the messages for next Sunday as well. Speak to hearts, Lord, be with Brother Brunson's dad, that you give grace and help and healing to him. Miss, Mrs. Lou Carrico, are you with the uh, folks there in the Ukraine, the, the O'Briens, and uh, uh, Brother Daniel and his wife, Brittany, uh, the Holmeses, and I pray that you'll give grace and help to them and their, the works that they've established. And, uh, Lord, just uh, the people of Ukraine that uh, have enjoyed some freedom to, to worship you that would be 
uh, may be denied that under a Russian rule. Amen. I ask and pray that you would give grace and help, Lord, meet with us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. So last time, last Sunday night, we looked at the tasted, verse number three, if, if so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And we went to um, the book of Psalms, and we dealt with uh, tasting the Lord <laughs> to see that he is good and, and how that we can taste him and how that we have tasted him. And, and I meant, I don't know if I did exactly, but I meant to bring, as it kind of went in a different direction, you know, how did we taste him? And, we, of course, we could have, you know, he's the word, and we dealt with that a little bit, and then the fact that, you know, that you had to accept him, and we could go back to that scripture in John about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, and that that was a strange doctrine and a hard doctrine for his disciples to follow. Many of them then at that time turned away, but uh, the way that we kind of went with it is tasting the Lord is good, the Lord is gracious, and, and we kind of got a little bit into the close communion that we can have with him because we went to Song of Solomon and that kind of brought us uh, into, into some of that and, um, and that very close relationship that we, we read about in the Song of Solomon and Christ, uh, an application Christ could have with his church um, and, um, and then all that's there. And, uh, you know, and again, I need to get Sister get them to Sister Debbie and anybody else that wants them. I do have Brother Hall's messages back when he was fiery, amen, uh, on the Song of Solomon uh, on, on this stick here in my pocket. I think I might have put it on there. So if anybody, cause if anybody wants to listen to this, because it was the easiest way to get them this way, to put them on CD, that's going to take a whole lot of CDs. But if you have a computer or something you can listen to, this, to them this way, then I can, you know, I've got them all right here. So... Uh, we can get at them to you, and I think that you would enjoy that. But anyway, so so tonight we're going to just again in this. There's a whole bunch there, and I, I told you when we first when we first got into this and read uh, the first five verses or so that there was a lot there that we could deal with uh, each you know each little section there. And uh, so tonight we're going to look pick up our uh, our study here in verse number four. To whom coming <clears throat> as into a living stone. Disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. So he describes Christ as that living stone, uh, a living stone. And then he goes on and talks about, again, who is Peter writing to? And Peter's writing to the strangers uh, that were scattered uh, throughout Pontus and Galatia and Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia, the strange elect. <laughs> We could put it that way because they elect according to the foreknowledge of God. Amen. So the scattered elect, you could put it that way. <laughs> Strangers, let's do scattered. Scattered elect, all right? So the elect that was scattered, so he's talking to the people of God here in this letter, here in this book. And so uh, in that, uh, you know, he, he uh, again, it, uh, he describes the Lord as being that living stone, uh, that was disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. You know, people, uh, you know, Isaiah describes the Lord, uh, that he was, he was not comely to look upon. He was, there was no, nothing that we should, just looking at him, as he walked among men, there was nothing like, you know, he wasn't. In fact, 
a lot of times, you know, people will, in, in the drawings, the, the Bible storybooks and one thing or another, they, they, will, they will depict Samson, you know, as some big hulk, hulk of a man, uh, you know, Lou Ferrigno carrying the gates to the top of the hill. But I don't, <laughs> and maybe some of these other fellas, I can't, I don't know the one, the one guy's name. I know, I know what he looks like, but I don't know. I mean, he's an actor here. But these big, tall, muscular-bound dudes, and uh, a lot of the, the people that read the Bible and draw on these pictures for Bible storybooks will picture, you know, and, you know, I mean, I, I believe David was a mighty man, and I believe he had some mighty men. I mean, and when you read uh, what they did to the point where, you know, where the, the sword just clave in their hand... <laughs> Because they held on to it, you know, in battle so strong and so heavy. And, I, you know, I believe that they probably had some muscles. But, you know, they didn't necessarily tower above everything. The only person that talked about towering above, head, head and shoulders above the folks, was Saul, King Saul. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I believe Samson you could have just been a regular old, plain old fella. And to look upon him, it was nothing special. But the power of God, I mean, the only thing different, you know, I mean, obviously uh, the, the, his parents had taken the Nazarite vow uh, on his behalf there uh, when he was in the mother's womb. And so they never cut his hair other than that, you know, probably just an average build kind of person. But when the Spirit of God come upon him, then he got that strength. That's why they was questioning him. They didn't look at his biceps uh, to see that he was a strong man necessarily. That's what his question, where did your strength come from, Samson? You know, and then again, according to you know the Old Testament, looking at Christ, you know he wouldn't have been chosen. He wasn't the head and shoulders, which is again going back to Saul. Looking at you know when they when they wanted a king, they said, "Look at him; he's head and shoulders above the rest of us in Israel. Let's set him up as our king." And then, of course, when, when, when Saul had sinned and was replaced, we know the story. I was just there a few weeks ago. And Samuel went in and brought all of David's sons in. I mean, Jesse's sons in. Surely this is the one. <laughs> Surely, well, if not them, I mean, all these fellows are good and strong and stout, and they're, they're the ones that will be the king. And God said, no, they won't. There's still yet another. And he was a ruddy youth and fair to look upon. But again, looking upon him, you know, God's choice was not man's choice. And, and man's choice as the Savior, man's choice as the Messiah, what man maybe, if they even were looking, <laughs> I don't think that they were looking too hard between Malachi and Matthew, I think that they had kind of lost sight of a lot of things because if they had been looking, I mean, if the scriptures had been, you know, they, they wouldn't have had to necessarily gone and inquired, where is the Savior to be born? Oh, the Bible says at Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. So they had to do some inquiry. So I don't think that it was, you know, it was kind of a surprise. You know, what are these magi coming in here for? What's this, what's this great camel train all about? We're coming to look for a king. 
What? A king that's been born. We've been looking at his star. That was that was that was foreign to them. They wasn't looking for the Messiah. They that you know that that was the first time that they heard anything about. It. Then they started inquiring. And then you know he, as Christ walked among them and he began to declare who he was. They just point to him. Isn't this Joseph's son, the carpenter? Joseph the carpenter's son? We've known him since his youth. Again, you know, not something that would have stood out, not, not, not someone that would have necessarily stood out uh, to be that. And so, again, rejected, disallowed indeed of men. No, he's just Joseph's son. We know where he, you know, we know the village he was raised in. And that was their mindset. But he was chosen of God and precious, the Bible says here in verse 4. And then if Isaiah chapter 8, let me turn here, talks about, here's one of the scriptures that in, in prophecy, Isaiah chapter 8, verse number 14. Now let's see here. And he shall be for a sanctuary... But for a stone of stumbling and for a rock of offense, offense to both to both the houses of Israel, for a gin and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and many among them shall stumble and fall, and be broken and snared, and be taken. In Isaiah chapter twenty-eight, we also read of about that stone. Get there, Isaiah 28. I had some things ready to print out, and then I didn't print them out, and I closed it down. And anyway, just let's see here. Isaiah 28 and verse 16. Well, let's back up. Verse 15. Because ye have said we have made a covenant with death and with hell, are we at agreement? When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us, for we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Now, Peter here, of course, obviously, uh, he's referring to that in verse number 6. Wherefore, also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious. And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. But, <clears throat> so he's referring back here to Isaiah 28, 16. But 28, Isaiah and the prophecy <coughs> describes that cornerstone with a few other words that Mr. Peter, Brother Peter, didn't, didn't uh, record. Verse number 16, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone. So it's a foundation, something to be built upon. One of the things about a foundation, at least we had, we've got, a, we've got three spigots on the outside of the house over here, and one of them is it's the kind of spigot that keeps from happening what happened to their house. It's the kind of spigot that's got a tube on it, and so the 
the, 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 the valve is actually way back up in the wall, you know. But, it, but it's also got that little backflow valve that's, that's on the top of the spigot. Well, it's, it's kind of messed up, so it's leaking. Oh, no, one of them's leaking. And i got to replace it. Anyway, uh, so I've kind of got it to where it's kind of just a little drip. Lisa's worried when it was just spraying and carrying on, you know, about that foundation, you know, hitting the what's concrete one day or another. And I said, we're, we got it controlled somewhat. Tomorrow's a pretty day. We might work on it. But the thing about the foundation when we built our houses, you know, we talked about how fast we, when we dealt with the building, the burping in the building, how fast that young Christians seem to go up. Well, they're not going to go up anything except for the foundation. There has to be a foundation first. You have to, even if it's, I mean, you go over to the pool, the, 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 the deck around my pool, you know, they, they don't necessarily, they didn't dig a, and lay a foundation that way, but they've got those stones that they've set the pillars up on. They were still, so they're still a stone with a wide foot, a wide base, and they've got many of those around. So they created a foundation on top of the ground, but still yet there's something otherwise as the ground moves and it freezes and it, and it, uh, it thaws and as the, as the, you know, the, it gets wet and it gets dry, then, you know, the, the building, anything built upon something that doesn't have a foundation will fall. The Bible describes that about building, uh, people obeying the word and people not obeying the word. You obey his commandments, you got a solid foundation. You build upon that. If you don't, then it's like the sand. You know, we all sing the song. And great was the fall thereof. You have to have that foundation. One of the things about the foundation is it's not seen. I mean, it is seen when you dig it and seen when you pour it. But once you build upon it, it's buried. You don't, you know, I mean, you might see a little bit of the top of it, but the foundation could be really thick, really wide. It depends on the size of structure that you're going to put on it. But for the most part, you don't see the foundation. You don't even think about the foundation once you put the house on it. You know, and, uh, and and lots of times, you know, again, going back to people just, what is the word that I used a minute ago or that he used, uh, disallowed of men, you know, they just don't, they don't take into consideration. I mean, the builder does, uh, but once the building's on it, they, you just don't really consider the foundation. You see, You consider what you can see. And, uh, you know, when we declare him, that's that, that kind of goes back to the faith. You know, faith is a substance thing hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We can tell you that there's a foundation under here, but we don't see it. We can declare unto you Christ, declare unto the world Christ, and there's evidence that he was here. We've got a calendar. And... Uh, BCE before common era is what they are trying to push now. They don't want to say before Christ. And used to it was really quick and easy and powerful in a lot of the law, uh, the the documents, <clears throat> the law documents. 
You know, they start out in the year of our Lord. They don't do that no more. A lot of them getting away from that. But so there's evidence that our Lord was here. There's evidence uh, that he walked among us. And we declare unto him, begin, they're, they're, they're sin. And that, that really goes back to the next one. Well, let's back up. Let's, let's deal with this right here. Verse number 16. So it's a foundation, not seen, but there's a stone in there. And the Bible describes the next, the next descriptive word is a tried stone. A tried stone. You've proved it. <laughs> And, and it's solid. It's something that you can depend on. You know, and that, that's another thing too. You know, I think one of the things that helps us in our walk is because there's been people gone before us that have that testimony. That have, you know, when we talk about prayer in our lives... We, and like I have heard testimony and seen those that have gone before me, prayer in other people's lives. I've, I've made mention when we bought this building here, and I've made mention several times, Brother uh, Andy Lockhart. I don't know him very well. Heard him preach a few times on tape. I met him, probably been in, I met him at his church and then, but I know who he is, but then when God just opened up the door for them to have that land, gave them that land, and then gave them money to build upon that land, God did it for them. <laughs> and it was clear that God did it for them. Then I could build upon that. He, I, they tried, and they proved him true. And then me looking at them, I can build upon that same foundation. I found they've, he's been true for them. He can be true for me. And then as he's true for me, then I can get up and I can testify. He was true for me here. He was true for me here. He was true for me here. And then those coming up on, along underneath that, that never have tried him necessarily. And so he's been true for Brother Bell and his testimony. Yeah. Yeah. And then it gives them the encouragement to go ahead and say, Okay, Lord, I'm going to try you. <laughs> I'm going to put my faith in you. I'm going to... To, to just believe. You've done it for them, you'll do it for me. Salvation. I mean, if you have lost family members coming, there's a change in you. It's different in you. Seems like the Lord might be blessing you. You got something that I don't have. I'm looking into that. And they're watching. They're watching when the storms of life hit you. And if you've got your feet on that firm foundation, how much does it wobble you? Say, <laughs> so, wait a minute. You know, you went through the death of your mother. And it maybe didn't affect you like it did some of the rest of your family. You had a foundation that you could stand on. They don't. And they're looking at you in that. And the trials of life come against us and we stand firm because we have something to stand on. Then those that don't have 
anything to stand on or watching. They're saying there's something different. So it's a tried stone. This is a precious cornerstone. <laughs> the more that we depend, the more that we try him, the more we learn to depend upon him, the more precious he becomes to us. The longer we go and we sing the songs of the faith and we realize where we were when we were in that miry clay that we sing about. When our feet nigh well slipped. <laughs> we were stuck in the mire. We were in the grave. And the sides were slick and we couldn't get out of it. And he reached down and he pulled us out and he set us on that firm foundation and he established our goings. It becomes more precious when you get a hold of that. <laughs> I needed that right there. You know, we preach like I preached this morning and Burdened, and I've seen Lisa respond. And I, I normally pray up here. I went down and prayed down there. She was on the opposite side praying along with me, and we'll continue to pray for the situation. Jesse throwed his two cents into the text group today, and he shared. He shared his, the message from their church service this morning. And amazingly, the fellow was in Corinthians where I was at this morning. We started reading, and I said, that strange words to my ears. I didn't read the way I read it this morning. Lisa said, I don't think that's King James. I said, it ain't. And he's up there, and Got a black backdrop with like little lights or something like that. I don't know what it was. No tile. No King James Bible. I listened to him for a little while just to hear what he had to say. But strange. Precious cornerstone. Oh, yeah, I was going to say it. As far as when we pray along these lines, when we are burdened, and when we don't know what will transpire, when we speculate of where this might, this might head, you look at the storm coming and you say, oh, uh, that's going to really hit us. You look at the forecast. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get us. How bad is it going to be? You start speculating. You see the storm brewing. You start speculating. It's just natural. It's natural in the physical when we see the dark clouds on the horizon. And it's natural in the spiritual. When we see a storm brewing, whether it's among our physical family, whether it's among church family, work, wherever the storms could pop up, we start speculating.
and then it's our speculation, fear comes upon us. But then when we read a scripture like this and we're reminded, look, it's a, it's a true stone. It's a tried stone. It's a precious stone. It's a sure foundation. And, I, and, and, and you're reminded, look, I have put my faith, because it talks about the ones that believe and the ones that un, it's not believe. We read it in, in, in 1 Peter in our text. When, when we have believed and we've put ourselves on that foundation, God has taken us out and put us on that foundation. Then, and then, you know, that's that sure foundation. We, we've experienced it in the past, but here's another storm and we forget That we're, we're set upon a solid rock. I, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. What are you resting on? <laughs> anchored in Jehovah, I shall not be moved. Are you anchored? I've seen in Brother Glenn, he's talking about the concrete, he's walking around over my building, and he says, I don't know who did this concrete work, they did a good job. Because he dealt concrete out yonder at the, at the base all those years. You can pour the concrete and you got the, you know, the, the thickness and so on and so forth. And it's reinforced with the rebar and so on and so forth. And then you want to anchor into that. You can drill and put an anchor and it's not going to move. <laughs> What are you anchored to? What do you stand on? It's a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. And again, goes to our faith. He goes to our faith. In our text, again, to whom coming as a as unto a lively stone disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also. So it describes Christ as that living stone, as that true stone, tried stone, as that precious stone. But then he he, he turns it back to the believers, who he's writing to. He turns it back to the elect. Ye also as lively stones. Lively stones. Going back to the living stone. We're lively. We are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood. And then we're, do, we're done that to a certain, uh, for a certain purpose. What is that purpose? To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Christ Jesus. Anything that we do Anything that is accepted of God is only accepted by Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus. Salvation is in, through, and by Christ Jesus. Anything that we do is by, in, and through Christ Jesus. But we are built up a spiritual house. He being our foundation, and we build up on top of that. Not only as individuals, so lively stones, plural, each individual uh, having a stone. This can be applied here to the church house and going back to Brother Chris's uh, 
analogy this morning, you know, about the different, and all through the Word of God, different parts of the body, different talents that we have, as the stones that we are, the different stones that we are, built up, working together, put up on top of the same foundation, which is Jesus Christ. But each of us individual stones, part of the church to make the church. And this, the building is not the church. We are the church. And we're the lively stones built up. Living stones. We, you know, he's still working on me. So we're growing. It's not that just a stone that's, that is uh, not going to grow. That's not going to solidify. That's not going to. Uh, participate it's a lively stone so but we are to we're built up an holy priesthood again going back over here to be ye holy for i am holy and we're built on the firm foundation and again it goes back to our following his commandments and our our faith in him but we're built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood I, there's so much there that we we might deal with that next time. But what are we doing? The priesthood offers up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. And again, when I read that, what are we built up a spiritual house to do and a holy priesthood to do to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God? Again, we can only be accepted to God, and their spiritual sacrifice is going to be accepted by Christ Jesus, but I couldn't help but to go back. seems to be like this a recurring text. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, especially verse 1 tonight. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, we're the priesthood to... We're the priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Christ Jesus. But present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, we're the priesthood, and we're presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy. There it is again, that word holy. Walking circumspectly, really paying attention to how we're living and it's not that we're going that we're trying to live to get there, trying to live to keep from falling from grace. Our lives reflect Christ. And people are looking. Amen. They know who's real, they know who's not. And do we stumble? Do we fall? Yes. Do they oftentimes throw that up in our faces? Yes. And that should give us more to, uh, all the more desire to, to, to just, you know, maybe be a little bit slower to wrath. Maybe be a little bit slower to speak. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect 
will of God. So we're the sacrifice. We're to offer up sacrifices unto God by Christ Jesus. And what is our sacrifice? I believe it's our lives. According to this, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Again, we can go back if we wanted to. I wasn't, but we, we quote Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 often in our circles. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For, verse number 10, there's, for we are his workmanship created. Again, we can't offer up the sacrifices except it be, uh, you know, sacrifices acceptable to God by Christ Jesus, except to be by Christ Jesus. And here it is. So we are created his workmanship Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So, again, going back to our lives being that living sacrifice. We're created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Those good works. So, we're not, we're not saved because of works. Because if we did, verse number 9, we would boast. This is how I got to heaven. It ain't going to be that way. We got to heaven by Christ Jesus. Everybody's going to be praising the Lord for eternity. Because he's the only way that we got there. But down this earth, we're created unto good works. Because, again, uh, there's so many scriptures that just can tie together here. Um... See if I can find it here. I know where it's at in my Bible. I just all right. There it is. Matthew chapter five. Ye. Me and you are the light of the are the salt of the earth. But if the salt hath lost its fa- his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. I know a preacher; he's dead now. But I know a preacher said, "I'm going to preach a message." Are you good for nothing? <laughs> Taking the scripture there, ye are the light of the world. Not only is you the salt of the earth, but you're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under the bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, so your light, your salt, your savor, and your, your light Men are looking, men are watching, men are tasting, men are savoring your life, and they're looking for your light. And if, you know, hide it under a bushel, no, I'm going to let it shine. You know, we have a light, and we don't, we're not hiding it, because what that doesn't put out any light. But we put it up, we put it up on a candlestick, we hold it up high, one of the things that, 
in the watch night services under Brother Shock, when we would line up around the whole, well, we'd have a, we'd have a, a we'd have a, a microphone set up up here, and we'd come up. There'd be a light here on the on the town, and we had our little candles with a little holder so it wouldn't burn her. A little paper that wouldn't, wouldn't slide down and burn our hands, and we'd come up and we would light our candle off the candle because there's no light in us. So we had to come up and get our light from Jesus, and we would testify of God's goodness in this past year. But then He would have us all line up around the church, so depending on how many was there, we'd be lined up around the walls, and you can hold your handle here and then you can hold it up here and just the difference in the, the, the height of the candle lit up the room differently and and he would bring that out in that so that's it giveth a light that uh, to all, unto all that are in the house we think about our families along those lines there when that, and you could preach and apply that several several different ways but it says let your light so shine before men that they may see Christ? No. That they may see your good works. We're created unto Christ Jesus unto, in Christ Jesus unto good works. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable. When they're looking at us, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And I've heard it preached this way, and it sounds good to me. Why would they see you doing good and glorify your Father? Because by your salt and by your light, hopefully they will come to Christ themselves. And then in coming to Christ, they will glorify the Father. Amen. But they got to see Christ in you the hope of glory. They got to see your good works. They got to see you walk circumspectly. That, like, like I said, my my son that wants to use the Bible to justify or to actually hit us or whatever. Nobody takes him seriously because of his lifestyle. Taking the scripture out of context. And, and we are, you know, nobody again. Nobody take and but then flipping it around, you know. Let's let you know. I'm, I get his moat, or I can get his, yeah. And then I gotta get my beam here. <laughs> flipping it around, turning it around, doing our self examination. Is our are we? Being the priest, priesthood, and the priest of the priesthood of believers, we preach that, and there's other scriptures there. But are we bringing the priest? Are we being the priesthood, the holy priesthood that we ought to be? Are we offering up the spiritual sacrifices that we ought to be offering up? Are people seeing Christ in us, the hope of glory? Are we presenting ourselves? Are we walking circumspectly? Not that we're trying to get to heaven and not that we're trying to keep from falling out of grace. It's just that we understand and know that people are looking at us. 
we tell them, no, this is not the way you ought to be living, or we tell them, this is the way to heaven, and you have to believe, and we can tell them, this is what God's done for me, and they're watching. And then wherefore, verse number six, that kind of like therefore. So because he's a living stone and chosen of God, because we also are lively stones and ought to be offering up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God, wherefore it is or also it is contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion, we've done read it in, in Isaiah, a, a, a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and that he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Again, goes back to our belief. It goes back to my little analogy there. What are you standing on? How strong is your faith in the foundation? <laughs> I just, poof, that got me. Yes, Lord, I understand. Do you waver? That hurts. When the storm comes, are you solid? Yes, it beats against you, and you might wobble a little bit, but you won't move if you're anchored. <laughs> Help me, Lord Jesus. He that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Belief. Faith. Does it sting when somebody, a lost sinner, points to you and says, yeah, you're a Christian. I've seen you do that. I heard you say that. Yeah, it stings. But again, that should just make us check our foundation. Unto you, therefore, which believe, there's a faith again, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, that's the unbelievers, the ones that don't follow the scriptures, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto they also were appointed. And I can see where that would be a good text for the Calvinistic friends. But again, God knows who will be offended and who will be who will be he will believe it is a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense there's so many people that says there's got to be another way it can't be just putting my faith in Jesus there's something that I've got to do or what is it the bumper sticker uh uh, go to the church of your choice, yeah. and that was the big deal in the in the uh, ecumenical movement. Yeah. Uh, 
Mr. Graham and uh, a whole bunch of that bunch back in the 50s, 40s and the 50s. They all got together and said, all right, we can all, we can all agree that salvation comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And the Methodists and the Baptists and the, the, and the this one and, 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 you know, Church of God and all that say, yeah, we can believe that. And they say, all right. Well, what we're going to do then is we're going to come out these big crusades. We're going to fill up the Colosseums. And we want everybody, regardless of what flavor of church you're in, to be down there and support it. And then we'll have all, we'll have the big altar call. And then when we'll, we'll have our little rooms, we'll take them back into, and we'll talk to them and hope, you know, and when they, they trust Christ, then they can just go to the church of their choice. That's what they said. But when they got together and they agreed on what was salvation, in fact, that's where a lot of the, well, we don't have it on this one. <laughs> but there's where a lot of the, the little prayers come from. Mylon Lefebvre, it was of the Lefevres, the family, it was a singing group. Mylon Lefebvre was coming to Madisonville, Kentucky. <coughs> Mylon Lefebvre, he wrote uh, that little chorus. Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know him today? Please don't turn him away, oh Jesus, my Jesus. Without him, how lost I would be, or something like that. He wrote that. So he's coming, but then when the alternative Christian genre music come out, he had a rock band going, a, a Christian rock band, quote unquote. So they had it down at the mall, had the big, uh, the big uh, flatbed 18-wheeler set up, and they was going to, again, get all the churches involved. We actually had somebody call, <laughs> call up the radio station, and uh, I, I think that they, they called, they asked for Brother Hall. Brother Hall got on the phone and said, yeah, Brother Hall, this is so-and-so. Apparently, she, you know, the, somewhere along the way, he knew her in the past. I go down, I think, even said, uh, I am one of the volunteers down at the Milan and the Fever concert, and I wanted to know if you had a track with the sinner's prayer on the back of it, basically, so she could lead them in the sinner's prayer. And that's where that come from. They said, we agree on salvation is by grace through faith, and if they'll just pray these little words, then we'll take them back in the room, they'll pray the little words at the end of the tear-jerking message in the big Coliseum. But one of the things among the Baptists and among the Church of Christ, and among the, well, among the Baptists and the Methodists and the Church of God, and all that bunch, that they didn't agree on, that they agreed to disagree, they agreed not to even go there, was baptism. Because <laughs> that's what separates Baptists from the rest of them. <laughs> when are you baptized? Is baptism a part of your salvation or not? No, it's not. We Baptists preach that that comes after salvation. And so the ecumenical movement, Billy Graham's bunch, they just didn't say nothing about baptism because the Methodists would sprinkle some on the head and do a little baby. And the Baptists was preaching, hey, you got to be saved 
And you've got to show the fact and give good testimony. Amen. And on the profession of faith, that's first, yep. having been baptized in the name of Jesus. You, we don't baptize unless you've got a good profession of faith. Amen. And yes, we know that there have been folks that lied about it. They heard the words and they come up with it. We know that. It happens. But it's still yet. If they didn't have a good profession of faith, at least even if it was a lie, we wouldn't have put them in the water. And so, I don't know how I got off on that, but. Oh, yeah. A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They, they stumble at Jesus Christ. They stumble when you say he's the door. He is the only way. I could put Jesus Christ the only way to heaven out there on that church sign. And some people would take offense to it. They would stumble at that because, wait a minute. I could put, you know. That we that we we you know our church is the only one that preaches the truth. I mean, wouldn't necessarily be true. There are other churches that do, but people would take offense. Basically, he's the only way. They think, oh, there's got to be more. Oh, or the Muslim goes there. No, there's other ways to heaven. The Jew, there's other ways to heaven. You know, we're all. In fact, some of them make a bunch. Maybe even Mr. Graham, I don't know. But I know I should read an article, Time Magazine article. I've got a copy of it somewhere in my stuff. He said, he, he said the, the virgin birth of Christ was important, but it wasn't necessary to salvation. Wrong. And in the same article, he said that he didn't believe hell had literal flames in it. Well, I'm like, what Bible are you reading? That it was just separation from God in the presence of God. Wrong. It's a rock of offense. It's a stumbling. They can't get over that Jesus is the only way. Just like those in, in the book of John. You have to eat of my flesh. You have to drink of my blood. Well, that's a hard saying. And many turned away at that time. It was a rock of offense. Amen. It was a stumbling block to them. They couldn't understand how that they could partake of Christ. They stumble at the word, being disobedient. Whereunto also they were appointed. Now, again, the Calvinistic friends will take that last phrase and they'll run with it. Oh, Jesus, you know, appointed some to be saved, appointed some to be lost. No, he didn't. Jesus knew who would believe, and Jesus knew who wouldn't believe. Amen. Jesus knew who wouldn't be offended at the rock, of, uh, at the rock, and he knew the ones that would be. He knew the ones that would just say, I can't get over that hump. I can't, I can't put my, my faith in that firm foundation. I can't put my faith in that chief cornerstone. I can't build my faith upon him. I'm going to build my faith upon Buddha. I'm going to build my faith upon Mahalad. 
Muhammad, I'm going to build my faith upon the Pope. And the church, that's it. I'm going to build my faith in Mary, the mother of Jesus. Do the rosary and do the, the whole little step-by-step, -step, all the sacraments. And to say otherwise, it's offensive to them. To say, let me take the Bible and show you from the Bible that people that uh, that teach <laughs> uh, forbidding marriage and abstaining from meats are false prophets. <laughs> what? You're talking about my priest. Yeah, we are. That's offensive. They stumble at that. They can't get the truth. And there's people out there that's like that. All the more reason for us to shout her out that we did get the truth. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that we have the understanding that we've put our faith in Jesus, that we are built upon a lively stone upon the firm foundation of Christ. The true foundation, the tried foundation, the precious foundation. Whew. Hallelujah. And then it goes back to that royal. Well, we might go grab that royal priesthood next time because we're going to see it again in the next verse, verse number nine. We've seen it in verse number five in holy priesthood to offer up, and where ye are chosen, ye, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. We'll probably grab that holy, that royal priesthood along the lines of peculiar people. I'm going to ask, is your faith wavering? And remind you, you have a foundation that you can be sure of. A tried foundation, a precious foundation. In your obedience and your belief. And at the same time, I'm asking you the question, I'm asking me the question. Is my faith waver? When I'm hit with a ton of bricks, maybe. <laughs> I can handle most of the little storms. When the big storms come, I have to just like, hmm, earthquake. And that would rattle a foundation. But he's still sure, he still tried. He's still proven. He's still precious. <laughs> what a blessing. That's going to help me sleep better tonight. <laughs> uh, hopefully it will do too. And that's the message tonight. Again, we'll, next time we're around, well, probably two weeks from now, we'll look into that verse number nine and go back and grab that royal priesthood or holy priesthood there in verse number five. Holy priesthood, royal priesthood. And see what the Lord has in store for us there. Uh, anyway, hopefully it's been a blessing to you. It has me and encourages me tonight. It makes me go out and say, For I know whom I have believed, 
and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Woo, amen. I'll probably be singing that all week. Uh, hallelujah. All right, let's be just be dismissed in a word of prayer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll take up that offering. Well, let's be dismissed, and then we'll take up that offering. Uh, and we'll do the business there here in a second. All right, let's, Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for the day and the many blessings you've given us. I thank you for the word, and Lord, for reminding me <laughs> when I need to be reminded. And Lord, I ask and pray that you'd help us, dear God, to, to guard our lives. Lord, may we be that light, that salt that we ought to be. May we show ourselves unwavering in our faith to those that are without looking toward us as an example, to those that are without looking to us, Lord, as an example in prayer, as an example in our, our faith and our belief in Christ. Amen. And Lord, I ask and pray that you would take our lives, Lord, and may, may men see our lives and may men see our light and, Lord, glorify thee because our light led them to thee. I ask and pray that you would just help us, Lord, and uh, to, to be reminded, Lord, that though disallowed and though not chosen and though an offense and a stumbling block to many others, Amen. Lord, to be thankful and to be all the more um, solid in our stand upon the, upon the foundation. Help us to build ourselves up as that, ro that royal priesthood, Amen. that holy priesthood uh, that the scriptures talks about. And Lord, be the church that we ought to be, uh, those lively stones built together and, and uh, the body working together. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for it. Praise your God and direct in the week. I pray, Lord, for the uh, next week and the services at Pollard, uh, that, they, that they would come to fruition. Also pray that you would uh, be with Brother Brunson's dad, uh, Sister Aubrey. Uh, Moyes, Lord, give grace and help to them. Others, Lord, with sickness and affliction in body. We ask and pray these things in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen, amen. All right. We'll take up that offering. And right, Like I said, I have a Lord laid upon my heart. Here, go ahead. Um, Yeah, let's just uh yeah, if you have writing a check, I guess just make it out and then we'll make one check.